Hi, everyone. Welcome to Joshua Live. I'm Gary Temple Bodley. Thanks for being here. It's been a while since we had an episode, and that was because there was a big storm here in our little town in North Carolina, and we lost power, and we lost internet, and there was a whole bunch of stuff going on having to do with my identity, and I couldn't really get anything done. So we had to cancel a lot of the Joshua Lives, and we had one yesterday, so I posted it here now. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's about this idea of service to others and service to self and what service to others really is. And that uh, to be in service of others, really, you're just thinking about others 51% of the time. So people who are in service to themselves are thinking about themselves 95% of the time. And that's really a quite a big difference. Most of us, I think, are in the service to others group <laughs> and uh, in this episode, Joshua really explains what that is. It's not what we would think it is from our human perspective. It's more about how we're doing the work to shift our perspectives of ourselves in our reality. And that really translates into a higher perspective where we are able to get the thoughts of service to others. And it's not ever doing anything you don't want to do. It's actually just being who you are. Before we begin, we have this foundations course, which has really taken a massive turn. We started it as a little easy 14-day course, and it has daily spiritual practice and 14 concepts brought to you by the White Light and Joshua. Well, the first group who went through, there was about 100 people, and they gave us their feedback and comments, and then we talked to White Light and had some inspiration come in, and we turned it into this massive 28-day course. It is actually quite significant. It is not at all what we thought it was. It's way more powerful than that, but it meets everyone where they are, and it's extremely inexpensive. In fact, it'll normally be $399. We are starting the second group on Monday, August 21st, and everyone in that group gets 50% off, so it's $199. If you'd like to be in that group, you can uh, send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com. Or check out the website at theteachingsofjoshua.com, and you'll see the course there with a 50% discount. You will be amazed by this program. We have included five calls, and in this one, we're going to do a special activation slash attunement session at the very last day that I think is worth the price of admission just there. Please take a look at that or send me an email if you'd like more information. I'll send you the flyer and all that stuff. Also do what you can do to share this with your friends and post it on Facebook and like and subscribe. And if you really, really, really want to help us out, leave a review. That's the most powerful thing that you can do for us. It takes a little bit of time, but we really appreciate it. And it's great to see what you all think. Thanks again for being here and enjoy this episode. We are thrilled to be here. Well, we've been hearing a lot of talk lately about this idea between service to self and service to others. And we like to start off by recognizing that the only difference is in your perspective. Your perspective will determine whether you are primarily having thoughts in service to self or service to others. If you choose to believe yourself to be the creator of your reality, if you choose that very high perspective, if you choose to say that outside conditions cannot make me feel anything that I choose, how I feel, how I experience anything, and how I tend to approach whatever life brings at me, you are acting from the perspective of the creator. This is who you truly are. This is what you came here to explore. This is how this reality becomes fun and exciting for you. This is how you feel good. If you're choosing to believe yourself to be one who can be swayed by what's happening outside of you, one who can be influenced into feeling things or believing things or treating things in a way that is not consistent with who they truly are, you'll tend to believe that you are a victim living in a malevolent universe and you'll need to protect yourself and you'll be primarily filled with thoughts of service to self. How can I get what I need since I lack what I need, since I need to control things, since I need things to be better than they are, since I need to hold myself apart from any potential that could lead to negative emotion. Since negative emotion is the thing I do not want, I must protect myself from that. So I live in a state of fear, always looking out for what potential negative emotion could arise around the next corner. And with that perspective, there is no real way that you could be of service to others. Because even if you were in service to others, you would primarily be doing it to solve some problem of lack within yourself. 
On the other hand, if you choose to believe that you are the creator of your reality, that you have everything you need, that everything is happening for you, that all the people are coming to serve you, that all the experiences in your life are making you aware of who you truly are, that you're moving upwards and upwards and upwards in perspective, you're getting lighter and easier and things are happening faster and you're okay with how things are shaping up. If you don't think it's primarily looking good for you, you will say, how is this for me? Rather than this, why is this happening to me? This is the primary difference between the creator and the victim. Now, with the perspective of the creator, you understand that you have all that you need. So you don't need to think about what you need anymore. Wouldn't make sense. You would think about how would this inspiration I'm feeling lead me to experiences where I would connect more? And in that connection is that service to others. Now, we're not saying that you need to do anything that you don't want to do to be in service of others, because that would be look at that from a limited perspective, perceiving that others need your help. And of course, they do not because they are all the creators of their reality, just as you are. But when you are looking at things, how can I connect more and how can I involve myself more? How can I lean in more? How can I do what inspires me, what my passions are, what excites me, what delights me? How can I... Think of everyone else in this situation, in that we are all in this together and that we all have what we need and that I have reached a perspective where possibly I could be the example to others of living this life of abundance and the unimaginable. And so when you're concerned about needing to be something that you're not, just to make yourself feel better about yourself, and in that you are looking for ways to understand how you could be more or have more or do more in order to get something you think you lack or try to change things to make them better in your opinion. Well, those are the thoughts of service to self. And soon enough, you will realize that that is just a game of control that is just based in fear. It is not part of this reality. It is not part of your exploration in this realm of physical reality. It is really not important anymore. And as you endeavor to see yourself from a higher and higher and higher perspectives, you will naturally be guided or naturally attract thoughts of connection and service and fun and joy and looking at things from even higher perspectives. And this will lead you to everything you truly want. And in everything you truly want, you will walk along a path we call your inspired path that will take you from where you are now to another place and another opportunity to choose another perspective. You see, this creation that you're creating is a creation of perspectives, and all humans are creating perspectives. All these perspectives are unique and cannot be had in any other possible way, and so they're all valuable to all that is. But most of the experience of humanity up to this point in time has been perspectives based in fear and creations based in fear and the inspiration that would lead to higher perspectives, but those inspirations were never acted on because it would appear to lead you in a direction that, from your limited perspective at the time, living in fear, would move you into situations that could cause negative emotion. But once you realize that this negative emotion thing is simply guidance, and once you realize that most of the time when you're feeling negative emotion, it's simply a misperception of your reality. And once you get to this level where you can say, this experience is for me in some way, I will see it at some point. I know that it cannot be otherwise. It must be in my experience for a reason. It must be showing me possibly a limiting belief. It must be leading me towards where I truly want to go. And I just can't see the direct path to it from this perspective. And so I have a bit of faith that all things are leading me to everything I truly want. And so instead of fighting against what is happening, I am leaning into what is happening and going with the flow of that. In that, I can recognize more quickly where I am, where I stand, where I'm going, who I truly am, and I can choose a perspective in the moment that will at least cause me to feel a little bit better in the moment. And as I feel better and better and better, I am in less fear of this negative emotion thing. And since I'm highly emotionally sensitive, I can start to analyze these things, look at them from a new perspective, look at them from a new definition of self. In this service to others that we speak of, it is not 100% thoughts of service to others. It is not 
100% doing nothing for yourself. It is not at all doing anything you would not want to do. It is all what you truly want to do. And if you have not found those passions and interests yet, they are coming to you as you start to see yourself as more and start to allow yourself to think for yourself, to know that the thoughts that come to you are for you. And that while the other humans are living in fear and wanting to protect themselves, they are moving in tandem with each other and believing the same sort of things that are not true. As you are starting to recognize there's a mass belief going on of many, many, many things that were never true. The belief of self-improvement is a myth. The belief of imperfection is a myth. There is nothing other than perfection, and in that perfection, self-improvement would be impossible. You can make yourself feel better, certainly, but that's by looking at the reality that is true and not the reality that is the illusion. The illusion of separation causes all fear. And so as you move into higher and higher perspectives, you will come to realize that you are all one, and the oneness is the service to others. The oneness is the idea that there is nothing you need to do for yourself, and that to do anything for anyone else is the highest form of self-love. When you come to love yourself, then it is easy to love others. When you are in fear, and when you are wishing things would be different, you are really looking at what people might be thinking about you, what they could worry about, what your actions could do to influence them or even create in their reality. Since this is certainly not possible, one who is at a higher perspective would never worry about these sort of things. But of course, this is ingrained in you and it is one of the last remnants of this idea that you have to be something that you're not. And it's also the basis of the fear that if you were to be the authentic version of you, you might be rejected for that because you've been using this persona as the reason for other people to like, love, and respect you, to even want to be around you. Imagine giving that up. Imagine not needing to be anything different than you are, not needing a reason for anyone to like, love, and respect you other than you are. Just that you are, that's enough. Well, that's certainly how source sees you. That's how your inner self sees you. That's how your guides and supporters see you. They do not need you to be anything different than you are. In fact, to be different than you are is to distort the truth, the beauty, the magnificence, the limitless nature that you are. You are all magnificent, eternal, limitless beings of pure, positive, love, and acceptance. This is the only thing that you should define yourself by. Whether you are good at something or bad at something or should be different or look different or feel different or think yourself to be different than anyone else, well, of course you are. You have to be. Everything in physical reality is unique, and so are you. But your uniqueness combined to the uniqueness of each and every other person in this reality is what makes this reality. When you look at yourself from that perspective, from the perspective that you are whole enough and possibly even perfect, then everything else that you think you need, all the stuff you think you lack, that sort of falls away. It falls away and becomes meaningless because it never really meant anything. You learned to give things meaning. You choose to give things meaning. And you do so mostly in fear. Without the fear, you can define anything any way you want, especially yourself. And when you start defining yourself in terms of the creator, you will start to attract thoughts, experiences, choices, decisions, actions, inspiration, other people that prove to you that's who you are. When you see that, that all you want to be is who you've always been. And with that, we'd like to talk to you about anything else you'd like to talk about. Who would like to start? So, Excellent, okay. Katie. Okay. I have a couch. Uh, I bought a couch and a coffee table and rug for my friend for $2,000. When I moved, a friend moved it out of my place along with all my other furniture. And he paid me $100 for all of this stuff. But also he moved everything for free. And now I've moved back to Los Angeles and they won't give me back the couch and rug. And I feel pissed off about I feel I feel fucking pissed off about it because 
I paid two, two grand plus for this couch and shit. And I'm owed the couch back is what I feel like. <laughs> Excellent. Good. Now, if this couch was worth $50, what would you think? It's, it's not the end of the world, but I, but I kind of like feel ownership of the couch. Like I like the couch. Why can't I just have the couch back? When you think in a linear way like this, it leads you to believe that possibly you could be a victim of something that happening to you and that that is yours. You own this thing. You have some control over it. And then you gave up that control and it left your sight and in the back of your mind, you're thinking, will I ever see this again? Did I lose this thing that was mine, rightfully mine? Will I have to go and call the police or get a lawyer or go to court or fight or argue or send letters? And does any of this stuff make any difference at all? Is any of this stuff real? Well, of course, from your perspective, you have to sit somewhere. You paid money, which you think you worked for. You effort and struggled. And you got this couch and you took this turn of events that is very unique and unusual and becomes quite a story. And then you get <laughs> to choose how you want to perceive it, how you want to perceive yourself within this story that you've created, within this drama. And so you find the proper friend who will agree with you that you're a victim and that you should certainly know that you were wronged and in the future, you definitely need to protect yourself from things like this happening again. And then you feel better because at least someone else agrees with you that you are a victim. You're not just thinking you're a victim yourself. You have proof. Here's this person who agrees and here's this person agrees. And you can find countless number of people who agree with you. In fact, if you went to make a post or a video or anything online, you could get millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of other people with a similar perspective seeing that you were victimized and that terrible thing should have happened to you. Or you could see that you created this all to find possibly, just possibly, a belief that was holding you back into a perspective that you have long outgrown. So then you would say, well, how did this whole situation get set up? I have these friends, they happen to have a truck, they happen to have a little bit of money, they happen to have a space where they can store all this stuff, and they've done all of this just so I could find this one little tiny limiting belief. Can you imagine what a creator would think compared to what a victim would think in this situation? The victim thinks I've been wronged. I need to be careful. I need to protect myself. People are bad. Bad things can happen. This negative motion is proof that things are bad. And the creator of your reality, if you choose that very high perspective, if you choose to say, I can't believe these people lived their entire life, came to this planet, did everything they had to do to get set up in this situation to show me one tiny limiting belief. All the life that they had to live to serve me to create this little scenario, this little manifestation event, where I get to identify a belief that is not true, that is tying me to a density that I no longer live in. I have come so far to see myself from the perspective of the creator. And I cannot see those little tiny residual limiting beliefs that are stuck in there somewhere in that mental construct so they've come to help me to do all of this, to be the evildoers in this story so that I could find this limiting belief. I dropped to my knees in gratitude for them. Thank them. This manifestation event was worth a million times more than that sofa. Because once I understand that I own nothing, because I need not own anything. As the creator of my reality, I have everything I need to do what I need to do when I need to do it. And if I don't need it, it need not exist in my reality. Because to exist in my reality 
when I do not need it, would be nothing more than a distraction. Distracting me from where I'm going and who I am. If it is in my reality, then fine. But it's only here for this moment. The next moment is a new reality that I'm creating. And as I move forward into the fullness of who I am, understanding completely that I don't need anything, then everything just flows to me when it flows. But I have no attachment to it now because it comes, it goes, it comes, it goes, it comes, it goes. If I'm living a fluid life, surrendering to the current of my creation, then things just flow. I don't need to do anything. I don't need to effort and struggle. Things just brought to me. And certainly, Katie, if you were to look, look around and to see things flowing into your reality, just focus on the things that do flow in your reality. The fresh air, the sunshine, the fun people, the interesting things, the love, the support, the friendship, the technology, the tools, the ideas, the inspiration, the wonderful ability to discern what is actually happening and what is not happening. This is more than most humans have ever experienced at any other time in the history of this society. You're living at the pinnacle and you're at the pinnacle of consciousness and awareness. You're at the leading edge of the leading edge of thought. What do you need a sofa for? You don't need anything. You have it all. And it's all coming forth from you anyway. You created this and they came to serve you. And so when you appreciate that, then everything else is defined now in a new way. It's defined by you as a creator, not you as the victim. And when you realize that, you let it go. You thank them. And then you watch what happens. Without attachment to the outcome, you watch what happens. When you maintain this idea that this little bugger of a event that's happening caused me to feel negative emotion, and now I realize I'm dipping out of that perspective. And that dip in perspective, that dip from this beautiful creator that I think I am, that dip down just a notch does not feel good. That is the emotion. It's not what happens outside of you. It's this little tiny, tiny dip in perspective. Where you are now, the little dip in perspective is really noticeable. Because where you are now, as the example of this beautiful shining light that you are, this is example of a high perspective, the dip is there to catch your attention your tiny little dip into a vibration of victim does not sit well with you. And so you note it and you talk about it and you look around and you say, this is ridiculous for me to believe that I'm a victim from that high perspective to dip down just a bit. That's why it feels bad. Not what they did to me. It's what they did for me. Excellent. Yes. Thank you. Wonderful. Daryl. Hi, Joshua. I think everyone here is pretty much a service to other person, but there are people, institutions, and I would even say other beings in the other dimensions that are service to self. And they try to project their service to self agenda on us. And to make things more complicated, they, they're very clever uh, in that they mix it up with they can take something that you just said and tack on, vote for you know Putin or something like that and, and confuse people. So how do we use discernment to really understand what message is one of love and service to others when there are some agendas out there that are really trying to make it for services for themselves, their corporation, for their country? You know, so how, how do we navigate that tricky area? Imagine that you all are given a certain amount of gifts, a certain amount of talents, a certain amount of attributes. You're all given everything you need when you need it to do whatever you need to do. You lack nothing. And that when you're in a limited perspective, when you're living in fear, when you're believing that outside conditions and people and entities can do you any harm whatsoever, could create in your reality. If you're believing this, well, from that limited perspective, you'll have to protect yourself and you'll have to... Look outside of yourself to experts or to your friends or to government to protect you, to tell you what to do, to tell you what's safe, 
to tell you what to eat, what to drink, what to ingest, to tell you how to correct problems or control things or how to protect yourself. You'll look for these things and you look for these things. And of course, they will always be manifestation events because they're pointing to an idea of yourself as a victim. And since you did not come for that experience, you came to create your own experience, your own ideas, your own inspiration, your own life. You came to create your perspective through every experience. This is your creation. So it doesn't matter if you do believe that outside forces are there to influence you or to create new reality or to destroy you in some way. It doesn't matter if you believe that or not. The fact remains that no one can create new reality. But they can't influence you and you can feel like you're a victim. And when you drop that perspective, you'll feel negative emotion. And you'll simply know that you're perceiving your reality inaccurately. You look at something on the news. It causes you to drop your perspective because you're believing it to be true or it's aligning with some limiting beliefs. And so you're dropping your perspective, feeling negative emotion. And you want to control this. You want to act on this urge. So you don't have to feel that negative emotion. So you want to control the outside conditions and you want to rail against this and protest against that and protect yourself from these things. This is fine. And this is an expansive experience for many, many people. Those of you who, who are here, whether you're on this call now or listening at a later date, are a little bit different because as you raise your perspective, your unique talents and attributes and traits and abilities come online. The most notable one is that you have an inner self guiding you at all times. When you're in meditation and you can get to that place where you can connect to your inner self, maybe you can free write. Maybe you can have these conversations while you're meditating. Maybe you can have conversations after you're meditating. Maybe you can even channel your inner self or anyone else you like. You will always get information every single time. That information will always lead you to the life you intended to live towards your creation, towards what you came here to explore. And what you came here to explore is self-sovereignty. You are the creator. You are sovereign. No one else can create your reality. You don't need to worry about what others say, what's happening outside of this world. It is not happening to you. If you are emotionally involved in it, then it's happening for you somehow. But if it is not important to you, if you are one who realizes that at this level of density where you are in service to others and most of your thoughts, then you'll be guided to everything you need. But it has nothing to do with anyone else at all. Nothing to do whatsoever with anyone else. It's all about you. If you want to change things because you think it would be better, you can only do that from a limited perspective in fear. It's only possible to do it from a limited perspective. From the higher perspective, from your inner self, there is nothing to fear. This is a game. If someone's playing a game on this side, if they have some exhibit, if they have some stand they've set up and they want to distract you with that and you want to play with them in that game, that's fine. Go ahead. But if you want to opt out of that game and focus on what interests you, then go ahead. But we will say that this is primarily this game of perspective of yourself in your reality. What could you become if you raise your perspective, not what could you become as Daryl, but what you, could you become as source in the shape and form and idea of Daryl? Could you rise your perspective so high that none of this would matter? Could you rise your perspective so high that you could be an example of one who isn't bothered in the least by this, who isn't even aware of it at all? Could you disconnect completely from any of this stuff? Could you not pay attention to it? Could you swipe it away? Could you just not talk about it? Could you focus on what brings you joy? Could you focus on your passions and interests? Could you focus on your own limiting beliefs? Could you focus on partnering up with someone in the community and guiding them through some course that you're doing? Could you come and maybe talk about your experience from an authentic point of view? Could you look at your past differently and appreciate those who played their roles? Could you possibly realize that there are people who want to help you in everything that you want to do? 
that you do not have to go it alone? Can you possibly believe that nearly every single thing you look at that you think is wrong or bad is an illusion? It's not real. It's not really happening. It does not really exist. It's just a distraction. Many of you are distracted by money. Many of you are distracted by identity. Many of you are distracted by what's going on in other parts of the world that have nothing to do with you. Many of you are putting yourselves in situations that doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter. It's not there to solve any problem. It's only there to have fun. And so there are so many layers going on here and so many different experiences that people get to have. You can't really understand why would they want that experience? Because in their soul's journey, in the evolution of that soul, from the perspective of the creator that they are in the non-physical, from this high perspective, there's no way to feel like a victim. It's impossible. There's no way to feel fear. There's no way to have a limited perspective. There's no way to feel separate. It's impossible. So they jump in. And they don an identity. And they believe what they're told. And they live in a much denser reality than you do. And their urges are very strong, but their feelings are muted. They don't feel the way you feel. So they have everything they need to have this adventure in adversity and effort and struggle and suffering. They have everything they need. And when they are finished with this life and when they decide they want to return to non-physical, they will have the benefit of that expansion of what could they become in a dense environment perceiving themselves to be victim. One kind word in a life of suffering is a radical shift in perspective. But for those of you who are on this leading edge, when you can react in courage and understand that nothing is happening to anyone, no matter what it seems like, it's all being created by everyone. And you get to create your reality the way you want it to be. Not by protecting yourself, not by changing the outside conditions, not by even sticking your head in the sand, but by looking at it from the true perspective. The true perspective is there are a myriad of experiences that non-physical entities want to have to expand and involve their soul. You've been doing this for a long time. Most of those experiences are not necessary for you. Your choice was to come here to be dropped in a situation, to be saddled with beliefs that were never true, to have experiences that reinforce those beliefs of victimhood, and then to raise your perspective through all of that like a match being lit. And that lift in perspective is not just for you. It's for the entire mass consciousness of this planet. So for you to be one who will maintain a high perspective and look around and see all this stuff going on here where other people are exploring different possibilities and you two rise above it yourself and not concern yourself with it and even appreciate those who are doing it for you because you're all one. But you can see that you, Daryl, don't need to do anything to change anything. All you need to do is change the way you think, change how you perceive it, change the way you look at it. Only if you want to feel better, only if you want to keep elevating that perspective. If you want to do that, then look at it in a different way. How is this happening for them? How is my attention being drawn to this? How am I thinking of this differently now than I did before? How am I still protecting myself? How am I still denying others my presence, my greatness, my intellect, my perspective? How can I be in more service by pushing past more fear and standing out just a bit? You don't realize how much of an impact you have by coming on asking questions as you do. Gary was on a call recently and someone said to him, I really admire this Daryl character. He's quite famous now. Everyone knows who he is. 
he's coming out and asking questions that we all want to ask, but are not really ready to ask yet. And he's doing this all for us. So you're quite a celebrity in the eyes of many, many people. And this is who you truly are. This is why you're smiling now. And this is why you're tearing up because this is who you are. You just be this. It's all you have to ever have to do and let everyone else do what they need to do. Whether that is to involve themselves in fear or that is to raise their own perspective. They have that choice and they have that intention and we'll see what happens because this is a game, but everything's working out perfectly. There is no imperfection in the system. And if you look at the system from a high enough perspective, as you will when you return to the non-physical, you'll see it clearly. But if you could see it clearly now while you're living this human life, and if you could just be open to the possibility that every single thing is working out perfectly, no matter what anyone else says, then you will see it clearly too. And this will be a sign that you've done every single thing that you wanted to do this time around. Well, that's already the case. So from this point forward, this is just fun for you because you've achieved so much more than you ever thought was possible from your non-physical perspective. Thanks, Ashra. I am tearing up too, so thank you. Excellent. Who's next? Who'll be brave enough to go next? Will there Hello, be one? Joshua. <clears throat> this, Emma. Um, I feel a bit uncomfortable going after celebrity. Hi, Daryl. <laughs> Um, so I've been thinking about this whole identity thing quite a lot. I can actually see, you talk about it being a game, and I actually can see this being a game so often. Sometimes I've dipped down, of course. I do often dip down, but I can see more and more that this is a game. And really interestingly, over the last few weeks, I've been thinking about the identity I have. I've even spoken to you about it before. Um, and I've certainly had the identity of being the good girl, the nice person, the help with everything, the peacekeeper. And I realise I've had the, the belief, which is actually hilarious, that I'll suffer inside and struggle inside in order to keep a peaceful external reality, which now, obviously, I know how reality works. That's completely nuts. But so and so interestingly, at the same time, I'm finding numbers of people all around me attack, attack not attacking me that's the wrong way of putting it but they're they're actually someone did say someone at work today shouted at me and I'm finding lots of people who I considered to be friends kind of turning on me sometimes but I actually can see the creator the elevated perspective and I can see the humor in it actually because obviously my inner self and the universe is trying to hit me over the head with something here and is it just because I'm noticing my beliefs that that's, that's occurring? I actually have no clue how to be. <laughs> I'm I, The opposite is kind of to show my firmer side and I, say no and stand up for myself. And I find that I'm not sure how to do that yet. This is a game. This is a game of donning an identity to try and get something you think you need. You were taught this quite common. In fact, universal. There isn't a human who hasn't been taught. If you were raised by wolves, you would be in such a way that you would appease the older wolves because they would have taught you how to get along with the rest of the wolves. And so you would behave like a wolf. Take yourself out of that wolf society and no longer do you match that human society because you're raised by wolves. Well, essentially, you're raised by wolves. You're raised by an older generation who generally had a different view of reality than those of you who are looking at reality this way now. They were in fear. And they taught you to be a certain way, dependent on your culture. Gary remembers a time when they were going to move back from San Diego to South Africa, and suddenly his parents were highly worried about their table manners. And so there was a boot camp of table manners going on in the Bodley household back in those days. They were very worried about being embarrassed by their children who didn't know which fork to use or which spoon to use or how to sit up at a table, how to chew with their mouths closed. They had never thought about this before, but when the idea came of going back to that culture, their priorities shifted. And so they taught Gary and Wayne a whole new set of behavior that they had never even thought of before. So you think about where you were raised, who you're raised by, 
and how you chose that specifically for you for what you want to experience this time around. So you set yourself up in that situation, but we'll take you back to a time when you were two before you had an identity. You were toddling around. You were the joy, the sunshine of everyone's life. You didn't have to be anything that you were not. You were completely authentic. You were just loving them. You just wanted to be with them. You just wanted to have fun and play. You didn't have to be anything. You see, you learned later on that you had to be something for others to like, love, and respect you. You had to be intelligent. Let's imagine that your identity was wrapped around intelligence, not being good. You didn't care about being good. You didn't care about whether you offended someone else or not. You were simply intelligent. You said, I'm an intelligent person. These people don't know anything. I'm here to straighten them out. I'm here to bring them the wisdom that I have. I don't care if they believe me. They're fools anyway. They wouldn't. How could they even understand me? I'm way more intelligent than them. And then someone brings up something that you missed or a mistake you made, and you would be irate because this identity of intelligence is being dinged here. So you can know what your identity is about by the negative emotion you feel in response to what's happening outside of you. So you're trying to be nice in order to what? Get others to like you, get others to be nice around you. You don't want them to say anything about you. You don't want any conflict. You don't want to be berated. You don't want to be put down. You don't want any of these things because they cause negative emotion. And all that is, is you're choosing a perspective that's not true. Well, you're choosing a perspective that you need to be nice. That's not true. You don't need to be nice. You are perfect. You just need to be you. But by being nice, for instance, could be anything, but by being nice, being this one way in order to get something, you can't be you. You can't say what you mean. You can't be authentic at all. You have to be this moving target and being good. First of all, that's highly subjective. Everyone has a different opinion of that. So you have to think about what do they believe is good? How can I be what they think is good? And so you try to be this, try to be that, try to be that. But your inner self is not going to get away with that because it's so limiting for someone like you. You to live the life that you intend to live, the life that's unimaginable from where you are now. Let's give all that up. You don't care what they think. It doesn't matter what they think. You don't need to be anything other than who you are. Of course, there's been many years and much momentum in this endeavoring to be this certain way, because like everyone else, there's got to be something about you that people like. And if there's nothing about you that they could like, if you just were who you were without regard, then you'd have no control over who likes you and who doesn't like you. So you can see in your identity, there's something about If this person up here likes me because of their status or their whatever it is in your mind, it means I'm a good person. If the bum on the corner of the street says, hey, you're pretty, you don't care. It doesn't mean anything to you because you're trying to climb this ladder of self-worth by what's outside of you. That ladder goes on forever. You'll never get there. It's impossible because the universe, this reality, your guides and supporters, your inner self, source itself is all pointing you to discover who you are. So the more you hold on to this identity at this level, where you are, where Gary is, where all of you are, if you're holding on to anything outside of you to support this idea that you need to be something else, it has to be shown to you. And if you're not paying attention, it'll be shown to you in larger ways. And you'll say you're being stabbed in the back and your friends are not treating you the way they should be. And of course they aren't. They are not allowed to. They have to show you what's happening, what you're doing. And sure, yes, you're bumping along like everyone else is. And you're noticing it because you've gotten to a higher perspective. But now notice it as good. This is great news. This is great that I'm being shown this and I can see it, I can feel it, I can understand it, and I can look at it from a higher perspective because you couldn't have done that before and most people can't do that. 
because they will want to keep protecting themselves and want to keep controlling other people. But that does not work. You know that doesn't work. So the good news is you're seeing it. And how long you hold on to this identity is up to you. You can hold on to it as long as you want, but it's going to be a bumpy ride. Or you can just give it up. Because most of the inspiration is coming to you is being blocked by this idea of being good. And you want to walk hand in hand with your inner self. By just receiving inspiration, acting on inspiration, and letting the chips fall where they may without attachment to an outcome. And when that happens, you'll be guided so quickly into higher perspectives, into clarity, into understanding, right, to your passions, to all the freedom and abundance you've ever wanted. The only thing holding you back is the sandbag, this very heavy sandbag attached to your balloon called good. And it's keeping you on the ground. Well, you're in a balloon, you want to soar, and you want to see things from that perspective. But there's no knife that's going to cut away that sandbag. There's nothing readily available. The only way you're going to know how to untie that knot that's holding your sandbag on is by listening to yourself. If you ask other people how to untie that knot, they're not going to know. They're going to lead you in the wrong direction. They're going to lead you into more puzzles, more dilemmas, more paradoxes. When you start listening to yourself, when you start meditating, when you start doing the work consistently over a period of time, when you give up needing it to go faster than it is, when you relax into this experience, when you know that you have all the time in the world and there's nowhere else to go, when you see it as the game that it is and you have fun with it, and when you don't take things personally because no one knows you, they're just doing what they have to do to serve you. When you see it like that, and you start appreciating those people who are coming to call you out on your own bullshit, then you walk a new path. And it lights up in front of you. And it gets so easy. And it's so freeing. And guess what? This is just a limitation you've imposed on yourself. You want to know what these limitations are. And when you drop this limitation, the big one, you're going to soar. And you're going to feel so free. You're going to know, I've been trying to be free my whole life. And I never knew I had to free myself from myself. And that's what the identity is. Wonderful question. Thank jo you. Joanne. Hello. Would you speak on the topic of what I've heard people refer to as ascension symptoms or kundalini flu? Uh, there's different names for it, but the physical bodily experiences that seem to come along with, with doing this work, or is that just a limitation that I've subconsciously put on because I heard that or read that somewhere. And so somehow I'm expecting that I'm going to have all these weird sensations because that's what happens as you uh, do spiritual work or uh, whatever thoughts you have on that. Thanks. Well, this is a, highly woo-woo term. It's one of the terms that Gary and Christy did not like to listen to. They have friends who are very much into this idea. And they poo-pooed it and said, that's not really a thing. And as they've gone along and had these experiences that are unimaginable, they realized that this world is way more woo-woo than they thought. And it turns out that everything is true. And so this idea of an ascension experience, imagine coming from a density that is thick and slow and nothing really moves very quickly. And in this density, you are experiencing things as a victim and you're perceiving that things are happening to you and you are not resolving this. So there's this emotion that gets stored in the body. It's an excellent storage facility for things like this. And then you move to the next density. You move to a lighter density because you see yourself from a higher perspective. Well, now some of this can be released. Sure, it could be released through exercise, through walks in nature, through meditation, through breath work, through many, many, many wonderful things, through, through yoga, through Reiki, through all these techniques. It could be released this way. But as you're holding on to your perspective as a victim, well, you're not really inclined to do these things you're inspired to do. You are receiving the inspiration at all times 
of a very easy way to clear this energy. But if you're not listening to the inspiration and you are holding it in and you are thinking things are a certain way, well, then they'll have to come out some way because you cannot exist at the higher density with this trapped emotion. It is not a match to the lighter space that you're in now. And so it gets released. Sure. What's a good way to release it? A flu? Perfect. Maybe purging in some way. Maybe a sprained ankle. Maybe a little argument or a fight. Maybe something physical. Maybe a bee sting. All these things to distract you from what's really happening. And as you allow yourself in the surrender of this event or this condition that's happening, you allow it to come through. You could just cry. That would be an easy way to release this, but many of you are reluctant to do so and you are considering that to be weakness, which of course it is not. As you raise higher and higher and higher through higher and lighter and easier and quicker and faster densities, all of this stuff will come forward but it could be released so easily. It does not have to be hard. And it only becomes a symptom when you're resisting it. But even if you're resisting it, it does come out and you will feel better. If you've ever had a flu and you just feel terrible during the flu, you feel so much better and you're so appreciative of good health. And that changes you as well. That changes your perspective as well. So everything that happens is perfect. There is no other thing that you have to do. But no, if you are seeing yourself from a higher perspective and you are getting an idea to do something you probably would not do, maybe you should think about doing it. If you have not paid for a massage by someone else, and maybe that was something you would never do, it could be the easiest way to release this trapped energy. So the symptoms are those symptoms for those who are not going along with inspiration that would relieve this without them even being aware of it. Taking a little vacation, moving to a new area, meeting new people, allowing yourself to have fun are all ways of releasing this trap emotion. There is nothing difficult in this life. There is only the difficulty you impose on it through the limitations of what you will allow yourself to do. What you allow yourself to do is based on an identity that has never been true. As you expand that identity, life becomes easier for you. As you hold on rigidly to what you think you need to be, well, life is gonna be a little bit tougher than it would be if you could just go with the flow and be who you were when you were two years old. Two years old, there's not a lot of ascension symptoms because there's not a lot of trapped emotion. The emotion is expressed freely up to that point. It's when you stifle the emotion, when you hold it in, when you do not allow yourself to see yourself as more and then be more in the seeing yourself as more. It doesn't help too much to raise your perspective and then hold on to that identity. This is where you get caught up in a little difficulty. But if you are able to change that mindset and become malleable in your beliefs and just possibly see that you are the creator of this reality, that everyone here is here to serve you, including us, including your inner self, including your guides and supporters. You see, you have millions and millions of guides and supporters. They are focused on you every single moment of your day. They are here to support you, you, all of you, each of you. Imagine millions of people here to support you. This is what literally is happening because that's who you are. That is how you define yourself. Everyone is so interested in what all of you are doing. And if you could understand that, wow, that would help you raise your perspective. And if you just let the inspiration flow and acted on doing things that maybe you wouldn't do in the past and just did the things to be kind to yourself, well, you wouldn't have to go through anything harsh. It would all be easy. But some of you like to go through the pain because no pain, no gain. One of your mantras. If you give it up, you could just have all joy, all joy. 
and no gain. And that's the way to live this life. Wonderful question. Emma? So I, when I uh, meditate, I often yawn so much that I have tears running down my face, down my chin. It feels very different than the yawn I have when I'm tired. And I would be interested to know what that's about, if that's just a release of... I'll let you, I'll let you answer. No, that's just weird. We haven't heard of that before. This is just, no, that doesn't normally happen. Something's going on there. Something is bizarre happening there. We, we can't imagine what that could be. When you are possibly, maybe, a channel yourself, when you were born to be a channel, could it be maybe, possibly, that when you let yourself go, when you let yourself surrender, when you let yourself be taken over in meditation, when you reach that void, possibly, maybe, could there be any entities, anyone, any teachers, any connection that you have coming to move that jaw around, open it up, let you think about saying something, let you say what the thoughts are that's coming to you in, in the moment. You can speak for a long time before Gary spoke. He was writing at the time. In his meditation, the same thing would happen. He could feel it in his jaw. It was opening his mouth, but he would not allow himself to speak because that would be too silly. Of course, no one was around, so who would be there to criticize him for that? How could he possibly even be embarrassed? But this was happening all the time. He could have spoken at any time, but he thought that's weird. It's not weird. When you're in the void, when you've gotten to that place, each and every one of you will feel something that you will know that you've gotten there. This is the place you want to be because in this place, you have a little respite from that identity. You can be who you are. You can be weird in the void. You can talk. You can ask questions. You can have a communication because they're all there to support you. This is what you want to understand. When you're in meditation, things are going on to connect you to who you truly are, to your inspired path, to what you're here to explore. In the void is the moments between thought, those tiny little moments stretched out infinitely. You see, you think, oh, I could stop thought for maybe a second. Well, that second is an infinite amount. All that's needed to create a connection between you and your guides and your supporters and, and that which you have come here to bring forth and in information and knowledge and wisdom. This is who you all are. When you can get to that void, when you can let go of the identity, because the identity does not serve you in this. The identity is your connection to the outer world. Drop that for just a bit and you see who you really are. Can you imagine, Emma, that you are one of the most powerful entities that has ever existed in the non-physical? And that you've come forth into this reality to shake it up. To come from a perspective that says you have to be different than you are, and that you have to be good, and you have to protect yourself. That limited perspective. To come to a perspective where you are understanding that the power that is you in the non-physical is so massive that to play this game here, all you have to do is let go of that identity and you will become that. But that is the scariest thing to any of you, scariest thing to Gary, scariest thing to those of you who are perceiving yourself as victims because there's a little bit of comfort in this nothingness of that compared to the everythingness of who you are. Well, you are everything and nothing and everything in between. And you can be anything you want in that sphere you can be in the left side of the fear, being the victim. You can be on the right side of the fear, being the hero. It doesn't matter. You, Emma, Emma the human, you get to create what you want to create. But you create by thinking of yourself from a perspective. That's it. That's it. That perspective is the experience. The perspective of the girl who needs to be good, to be like love, is 
a perspective that only lets, lets you have this experience down here. The perspective of Emma, completely attached to source, absolutely powerful in any regard, is another experience of this reality. You get to choose where you want to experience it. And so when anything is happening, you don't have to ask us. You don't have to ask your friends and neighbors. You have direct connection now. You ask them. Who's moving that jaw? It ain't you. Ask them who's doing it. And then you can ask why. Excellent. Thank you. We have time for one quick question. Caroline. Hi, Joshua. Thanks for having me here. So I have had a lot of attention on this concept of service to other lately. I feel really excited about this, this idea, like embodying this like deep trust and just serving others. And I think that from my own personal experience, I notice a lot of fear around it because when I was younger, I used to just like on automatic, like do everything for everyone and completely dissociate and leave myself and just like give, 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 give until I was woke up to how depleted I was. And so over the last many years, like I've really turned back in towards myself and now I really want to turn towards the service to other thing, but I can feel how, um, and I am more and more, but I can still feel like a lot of fear around that because I'm afraid of, I, I guess, what has been before. Excellent. Well, we'll have to redefine this entire idea of service. From the human perspective, you might think that a certain profession is naturally in service of others. You might say, oh, a nurse or a fireman is in service of others. And you would say, well, it depends on the nurse. Is the nurse thrilled by being there? Would the nurse do this for free if didn't need the money? Would this be this connection and leaning in to just being there to do what is necessary for those who are there? Sure. But there could be the nurse who does not like the job, does not like the people, does not like the hours, does not like the bosses, does not like the pay, because that person would be in service to self. Use our example of our friend Porter. Porter is a musician. Porter is a singer. Porter receives inspiration to write a song. Porter writes a song, is in absolute joy within a passion, doing what she's inspired to do. She then arranges the song and possibly pushes past a little fear to put out the song on social media for everyone to see. That's service to others. She's not doing it to get accolades, to get money, to get pats on the back. She's doing it because this is her expression of herself. That's service to others. Take someone else doing the exact same thing. They get the inspiration, they write the song, but they say, this is not going to appeal to enough people. So they change the lyrics and they change the music and they effort and struggle and they work on this for hours and hours and hours and they're never satisfied with it. And then they never release it because it's all about them. It means something about them. So service to others means it doesn't mean anything about you. You were just doing what you're inspired to do. It doesn't even necessarily have to land on anyone or affect anyone in any way, way, shape, or form. There's no difference between one person and a million people. It could be service to other, to one person. There is no hierarchy. There's no better than, worse than in this. Service to others is simply you're choosing to see yourself from a higher perspective. That shift in perspective is so monumental. There's nothing physical you could do that surpassed that. When you think of yourself as a victim and you think, I got to get out of this victim thing, so I need to serve others, that's not it. The hardest thing you'll ever do, all of you, will see yourself from a higher perspective. Will literally see yourself as the creator. Will literally see yourself, I am the creator of this reality. Everyone who comes to this reality is here to support me. 
they're in service of me. They don't know it, but they're in service of me. For me to be in service to them, I do not do anything other than be me in the most fun, joy, wonderful way. And if they don't get it, if they don't appreciate it, if they get upset by it, if they get turned off by it, if they are in fear of it, if they think I should be different than I am, that's fine too. That is just a reflection back of where I am. You see? So you don't need anything to be different than it is. And you don't need anyone in particular to serve. Your service is in raising your perspective. You've raised your perspective. So thank you for your service. Thank you, Joshua. We have loved this interaction. Although time does not exist, we are glad to be with you. And we can't wait until we see you again. And with that, we are complete. Thanks, Joshua. Thank, thank you, Joshua. Joshua. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, thank you. everyone. Well, I think you liked that episode. I, <laughs> when I was doing it, it felt like I was learning how to ride a bike all over again. It felt really wobbly. And then when I went back and listened to it again, it sounded really good. So it's funny when you're in it and you're doing the channeling, you don't really understand exactly what's going on. And maybe I get to tend to be a little judgmental of myself as we're going through it, but it uh, it's, it was pretty powerful. And it really describes what the service to others idea is all about. And there were some great questions there. So thanks everyone for joining that one. Uh, we are starting this new foundations course. It's foundations two, and it's a 28 day course with different takes on foundational spiritual principles, one from white light, and then Joshua's take on it. And it leads you from one concept to another concept, one concept every two days and calls that we'll have every Sunday. And that will culminate with the final day, which is pretty interesting. In fact, the last two days really take you to a whole new place in your perspective. And the last day we'll do a special group tunement slash activation call. If you haven't been a part of that before, this is something that's really special. We've been doing them here now for the last few months. And we don't know exactly what they do, but there's something going on here. And maybe it has to do with our DNA or aligning energies. But everyone who goes through it, uh, experiences something pretty profound. And we're going to do this for the first time ever in a group call on Zoom, which will be at the final day of the Foundation 2 course. This course is going to be the second time we've ever done it. And we're going to really lean into this one because it is quite comprehensive. There's a lot going on. And we're going to give everyone a discount of 50% off of the normal price of $399. So it'll be $199 for the 28-day course. So take a look at that by going to the website at theteachingsofjoshua.com or sending me an email to garybodley at gmail.com and we'll send you all the information. You'll really get something out of this. If you haven't done a Joshua course before, normally they're a lot more expensive. I really think this is going to be the one that's going to be really shifts everyone's perspective the most. So no matter where you are, if you're a spiritual warrior or if you're a newbie, it'll meet you exactly where you are. And you will find yourself involved in a completely new way of thinking. By the end of this, it'll start to light everything up for you. Of course, everything we do here is 100% money-back guarantee. So you have nothing to lose. Just push past your fear and either send me an email or check out the website. And that's all you got to do at this point. Then if you're inspired, take the plunge and we will start on Monday. So you have until, I think, Sunday night to jump in. We have about 80 people in right now. And I think that we'll have room for about 100 or so people. All right. Thanks for being here. Like and subscribe and leave a review. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next time. Bye.